Hello, welcome back. I'm CC Provo, and you're listening to the WealthCap Speaks podcast. In today's episode, I'll be talking to Craig Welch, and the topic is life insurance and the underwriting process. Craig's the president and CEO of Long Road Risk Management, where he's responsible for educating advisors and clients on the life insurance process. He's also a guest writer for Succession Advisors, and you can find some of his articles on the WealthCap Hub. Craig, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Cece. It's great to be speaking with you again. I want to start with a simple definition of life insurance underwriting. Can you give me something really simple to think about when I think of underwriting? Sure. Simply put, insurance companies build products that cost a certain amount based on their assessment of a risk. So the riskier the individual, the more expensive the product has to be. So underwriting is the insurance company's process for evaluating a specific risk. Life insurance underwriting involves looking at a number of different areas. The company will look at the health, both current and historical of an individual. They'll look at their occupations or are they doing something risky in their day-to-day jobs, avocation or hobbies. So are they race car drivers? Do they skydive or bungee jump, even scuba diving? What are they doing that may cause them to be more of a risk to the insurance company? And then they'll look at the financial profile of the client as well to determine when they put it all together, what level of risk does a particular individual pose to the insurance company when they put policy in place for them? And why is that important? Well, the risk class directly impacts the payment required for the policy. And that payment is called a premium. So a more favorable risk class will result in a lower required payment for a particular policy. This is actually the only negotiable item with life insurance pricing is the risk class. Anything else on the policy, all other aspects of the policy are already fixed. It's the risk class where the insurance company is measuring the client's exposure to them that we have the ability to negotiate. So when we're talking to insurance carriers, they each measure risk differently and their offers vary widely across the companies that we're talking to. So it's best to direct clients to a carrier that will be a good fit for each of their individual specific situations. While insurance companies typically use similar insurance manuals to direct their insurance underwriting decisions, there's definitely a combination of art and science applied to underwriting. Top insurance professionals understand how to negotiate on their client's behalf to help them get the best available pricing for their life insurance needs. We call this underwriting advocacy. You know, it's I like how you described it as an art and science because I don't think a whole lot of people realize there is an art, which is the underwriting advocacy that you're talking about. And I think generally most people think it's the science. So why don't you tell me what is underwriting advocacy? It's really working on our client's behalf through this process that I just mentioned to really do a few things. First, negotiate with the carriers to understand their best offers for an individual and then work to improve them whenever possible since it has a major impact on cost and it's our only real bargaining chip when it comes to price. Second, navigate the requirements to avoid unneeded tests or the insurance company's request to gather unnecessary medical records. So we try to streamline that process as much as possible. And then finally, really to match clients to the best underwriting pathway for their needs and risk profile. 
We're working on behalf of the clients to find the right company with the right products, with the best possible offers to put them in a situation that makes sense for their families or their businesses at a reasonable cost. Are you suggesting that not all life insurance agents are doing this, this sort of advocacy? So different advisors approach the market differently. Different advisors have different experiences. Some agents work specifically with one company. Some agents work with multiple companies and will do this type of advocacy. I think it's really important when you're working with families or business owners to make sure that they understand what process their advisors are going to take them through so they can ask direct questions about the process, the carriers that will be involved and how their underwriting process and their confidential information will be protected moving forward. And so why does the underwriting process take so long? Yeah, this is a great one. It's a common misconception amongst clients, amongst advisors. And oftentimes we do see situations where policies can take six months or longer to issue. And it doesn't need to take that long. Depending on a client's needs and their preliminary health information, we may be able to issue up to $7.5 million of protection in a day or two through some of our streamlined processes. So before we go down that path, we always want to start our process by asking some basic questions of our clients to understand their personal and health history. Confidentiality is paramount when working to protect families or businesses with life insurance. And this not only applies to the health information provided to us by our clients, but also when we go out to the market to negotiate with multiple carriers. And let me explain the latter. Most everyone that will be listening to this is familiar with the credit bureau. Well, in the life insurance industry, there's something called the Medical Information Bureau, and it works a lot like the credit bureau. When you go out to get a new loan for a car or a house, you're going to go out and, and you're going to apply for a loan and they're going to gather some financial information from you, understand a lot about your personal situation for that car loan or that home loan. And so when all of that information is pulled together, they're going to give you a, a rating and you're going to pay your car payments based on whatever rating that was. All of that information information flows through to the credit bureau. So if you skip a car payment or you skip a few or you default on that loan, you're going to get a ding on your credit score. And the next time you apply for a loan somewhere else, the new provider is going to know about it. Something very similar happens with life insurance. When you apply for a life insurance policy, the insurance company is going to evaluate some of the information we talked about beforehand, but they also are going to check the Medical Information Bureau to see if you've applied for insurance recently somewhere else, if you have any situations where you were rated before for some reason. So you're going to get some potential dings on your Medical Information Bureau report the same way that you could with your Credit Bureau report. This becomes very important and is the main reason why we use a confidential underwriting process to protect our clients' exposure to that Medical Information Bureau or the MIB. And we do this by pre-underwriting the full client file before sharing any information with a specific insurance company. How do we do that? Well, we do the insurance exams on our paper versus a specific life insurance company like John Hancock or Pacific Life or Lincoln or you name the company. We do the exams on our paper so we control that information. We have the ability to do motor vehicle reports or checks. We can do a prescription database check and gather all the medical records of the client as well. And what that allows us to do is build a comprehensive file to know if and where potential issues may come up when the file goes to the insurance companies for review. 
You know, I like the analogy of the credit bureau because I can certainly relate to that. And so I think a lot of people out there can as well when you're describing the underwriting process and the similarities. It's a really valuable insight because I don't think the general population realizes the function of the Medical Information Bureau, nor do they probably realize that carriers are also looking at other types of information from motor vehicle or prescription databases. So can you just share some examples of uncovering skeletons and advocating for clients? So these are sometimes fun. We have a host of stories, but I'll give you a few examples. The motor vehicle reports are interesting because you can have a super healthy individual with a lead foot that will be very poorly rated when it comes to life insurance. So we had a very successful young individual and he needed several million dollars of coverage and everything was perfect until we did the motor vehicle report and found out that he had six speeding tickets in less than two years. Therefore, the insurance companies were all concerned about the risk and the price went pretty high very quickly. So we had to address that by waiting. And sometimes you have to wait or not take as much insurance coverage. But we also have other situations where health or your hobbies come into play. And so on the health side, we had a male around age 70 with some heart issues and some diabetes. And we spent a lot of time collecting records. Everything was well controlled. He seemed to be in good shape. And while he was dealing with a few issues, he was really overall in pretty good health. And so we ordered and scheduled the exam and we completed it on our paper instead of the insurance company. And while we provide a lot of coaching for the exam, this particular individual decided to eat a bowl of sausage chili for breakfast before his exam. And needless to say, the resulting lab work was a disaster. He would have instantly been declined by any carrier that reviewed that lab work. That information would have gone directly to the MIB and his prospects for securing insurance with other carriers, whether it was currently or in the future, would have been highly unlikely. Again, because the labs were so bad off the charts. So what happened? Our team actually got the lab results first. We were able to check in and ask him what happened and essentially found out that he had the chili right before the examiner came to his home. So we scheduled a follow-up exam under proper fasting conditions, and we're able to essentially get a clean exam this time. Now, we still are required to share the results of his first exam with the carriers, but we were able to tell a story. When the insurance companies get these files, they're looking at sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of pages of medical records and scrolling through data. And we were actually able to tell the story of, look, here's the situation, here's what happened. And we were able to negotiate him to a standard offer, which he wasn't really a standard risk. So through some of the art portion of that, we were able to get him standard and secure $20 million to protect his family and his business. So that standard offer was roughly half the cost of some of the preliminary expectations we had from some of the other companies we worked with. So it was a really big win, but it's also a really good way to see how a current lab work can throw something off from clients and why we stress so much about doing the exam the right way up front. So fortunately or unfortunately for him, he, he gets to be the example <laughs> when we talk to people about fasting before their insurance tests. Okay. So just to be clear, you did give him the fasting instructions the first time around. He just did not follow it. Yes. Got it. Well, okay. we'd like to think everybody will listen and value the information that's provided. We also understand that life happens and sometimes you forget to read it or forget to fast. And we have to work with those situations as well. Sure. 
and probably a lot of people probably don't think not fasting is really going to affect the underwriting, but this is a great example that it really can. We had another situation, and again, this is a favorite of mine. A lot of people think that hobbies don't come into play, and and we call those avocations, but it's really a hobby. And we do work with a lot of clients that, that have some interesting hobbies, and motor vehicle racing seems to pop up a lot for us. For whatever reason, successful people like to go really, really fast in cars or on motorcycles or trucks or whatever it is, and sometimes they need insurance. My favorite clients needed $100 million of coverage for his estate planning. And I consider him to be a lot like the client from Along Came Polly, the movie with Ben Stiller. Mm -hmm. He was super healthy in his late fifties, but needed a lot of insurance and lived life on the edge when it came to his hobbies. So the insurance company wanted to highly rate or decline him across the board because he had a propensity to wreck during his races. In one situation, and this was in his medical records, he rolled his vehicle six times at the track, went to the hospital, luckily only had a concussion concussion, but checked himself out against doctor's wishes and decided to race the next day. So that's in his medical records. That information goes to the insurance companies and they really value compliance with medical advice. You know, when you're asking for a lot of coverage and the insurance companies are taking on a lot of risk, we run into a challenge. And so it took us a while, but we were able to negotiate with several carriers and this took time, right? We had to get one offer before we could get two, before we could get three, before we could have a portfolio. And so one Once we got somebody to say yes, it allowed some of the underwriters at other carriers to get more comfortable. And we were able to get him some ratings that went from uninsurable to highly rated, ultimately to standard with a couple of those companies. And so the result in the protection for his family was over $250,000 less annually than we thought it was going to be at the start of that process. It just came down to time and working directly with some head underwriters at carriers, getting them comfortable and helping paint the picture of this person as a successful individual and not as a very high risk that's just on a piece of paper. Wow, that is some substantial savings. The cost savings by actively advocating for clients on their underwriting is always surprising to me. We commonly see offers on clients that start at poorly rated or uninsurable. And by the time we're done talking with several companies, we typically find them in a much more average or standard pricing range. And sometimes we'll get offers across the board. Some companies just don't like a certain risk and they will choose not to offer on a client. And a company right down the street will offer them at their best possible rate classes. So it is important if you're putting insurance in place to work with a partner and a provider that's going to look at the market and going to explore this for you because the real dollars, but more importantly than just being a lower cost is making sure that you're protecting the insurability of those individuals for the future by not getting them a bad rating up front that's going to MIB and put them in a situation where they have to explain it or deal with it at a later time. You know, again, if you're considering buying insurance, don't make your decision by the initial quotes or illustrations you see. Those are really only as good as the paper they're printed on. Until you've completed your underwriting and have real offers from specific insurance companies, the pricing is just a guess. And we might have a pretty educated guess on what that cost will be. But until we go through the proper processes, we're not going to know and neither is anybody else. So understand what your process is that your insurance 
advisor is going to use and how they're going to negotiate on your behalf. And if you haven't done this before, I highly recommend that you rely on your team of specialists. And so whether that's an investment advisor or CPA or your attorneys, rely on them to help you vet and select the insurance advisor that you're going to work with for your insurance portfolios. Well, Craig, thank you so much. This has been so informative. The take-home message is the underwriting process is so critical. Thank you for sharing your stories. I hope we have you back again to continue to educate us on life insurance. Thank you, Cece. I appreciate it. And it's always good to be with you. 